Hopefully with that very extended offering talk, you have a good grasp on the immediate financial goals of Thrive. But what I'm really excited about is that 12 months from now, you and your family and our mission together will move from surviving to thriving. That's what Thrive is. It's not just a giving campaign for Fort City, although it is that. It's a campaign that will hugely impact your life for the better as we give, grow, and go. Um, and uh, you'll hear those themes throughout this next year. So with that talk as a background, I, I want to bring you some thoughts on finances from Jesus. Because if we take Jesus at all seriously, if we truly want to follow Jesus, he has some strong words for us about our relationship with money. We'll be looking at what Jesus said in the very well-known Sermon on the Mount. We'll be looking at what the Apostle Matthew recorded starting in chapter 6. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermins do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So right off the bat, Jesus' word is clear, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And this call to store up your treasures, your finances, this is not just for eternity, when you understand that the kingdom of heaven is actually breaking in on earth right now, on earth as it is in heaven, heaven is not just future, it's, it's something that we get to as a church bring bits to earth right now. We impact God's kingdom right now and we impact God's kingdom forever. But talking about heaven and eternity, Jesus and the writers of the Bible would remind us that even as Christian believers, what we do now will shape what our eternity will look like. The Apostle Paul taught, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one of us, each one of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. This is for Christian believers. We come to Jesus just as we are on the basis of faith. But then we live for Jesus. And how we live now will impact for the better how we and others live forever. We're called to store up treasures for ourselves in heavens. And this is just not money and what money does, but it includes money and what it does. So what you do with your money, your treasure really matters. It matters to God and it has eternal consequences. One of the preachers I really enjoy listening to is Rick Warren, and he often asks the question, will anybody be in heaven because of you? It's a great question. And really, Jesus is asking the same question here. Are you using your time, your abilities, your conversations, your finances to help others experience Jesus now and forever? Are you laying up treasure in heaven? Hey, every time you see a baptism here, You've helped make that happen. Friends, there's a time coming for every believer in Jesus when you will see so clearly what was at stake on earth, and we're going to wish that we'd done a better job of living on mission and loved more on mission. People's lives right now and their eternities are at stake. Are you gripped by that reality as a priority in your life? What we do here and what you give impacts lives now. And forever. Then Jesus goes on to say, where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. This is a hard truth for us to get our hearts around. Friends, it all rots. It all decays. That 75-inch TV has a very limited lifespan. 
so true, so too that iPhone or Android phone of yours. The clothes you wore three, you, three years ago, like they lose their luster. The home you bought a decade ago needs a refurbished kitchen, roof repairs. It, it just never ends. Hey, I've been to a lot of funerals in my day and conducted many, and I've, I've never been to a funeral that focused on possessions. Nobody ever says, oh, I was so impressed with his stuff. No. They talk about relationships. They don't talk about what the person has, but what the person gave. And Jesus, understanding this reality, drops this bomb and makes a great reversal where he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You all know this. You've all experienced this. <clears throat> Some of you, like me, bought a quad or Maybe you went, did a little more, bought a side-by-side, and whether you paid $5,000 or $25,000 on that off-road vehicle, if it just sits there in your driveway or in your garage all locked up, you feel guilty. i got to use it. I have to justify it. If I spent all this money on it, i got to use it. And then Jesus just pushes a little harder here. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So the question you've got to ask yourself is, who are you really serving, God or money? Now, asking that question stirs up a lot of emotion. People get defensive. The church, it just wants my money. It's all about money. And people walk out of church when guys like me preach like this. What's going on? The old King James Version of the Bible puts it this way. You cannot serve both God and mammon. What's mammon? Well, it can be translated money, but it, it, it actually means something a little different than money. Mammon refers to the spirit of money, where money becomes our God. We become enslaved to serving money instead of God. When we talk about money in the church, we're, we're touching a really sensitive spot in our lives. And the evil one turns up and stirs things up. And he works to incite anger and confusion as we clench our fists and desperately try to hang on to what we believe is ours but isn't. Yeah, we forget that everything we have was all God's in the first place. And we're only being invited to give back to him a portion of what is his in the first place. And so money becomes this spiritual battleground. We find ourselves in the middle of all-out spiritual war. This is why the Apostle Paul says to us, Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Money, mammon, is a spiritual battleground where every Christian believer finds themselves in. We're all in this battle. It rages strong. And that's why Paul says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. And then in this Sermon on the Mount that we're looking at a few verses later in Matthew's Gospel, where he's just been teaching about laying up treasure in heaven, um, Jesus concludes this section of his preaching on money. Um, and he talked about a couple of other things with these words. This is, this is what it comes all down to. This is God's call to us. Let's seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. And did you catch what Jesus is saying? 
do not worry. But the evil one wants you to worry. The evil one does not want you to have your financial life submitted to the lordship of Jesus. Friends, there are just too many words throughout the Bible, Old and New Testaments, that call us to submit our finances to the lordship of Jesus and to become generous givers to causes that are close to God's heart, like the church. And as he calls us to be generous givers, he just calls us to trust in him, to let him be our provider, to bless us in some way or form. I mean, if you're church-raised, um, it's not like you haven't heard this before. It's all through the Bible. Now, as I've been talking about giving, there are practical things you can do, like budgeting and ways of navigating through debt that Joe will teach at the Financial Freedom Experience on April 29th. That will really helpful. You need to sign up for it. But there is also the supernatural side of God calling us to give first and then to simply trust him and not to worry. So for those of you who are thinking, what well, shouldn't I get my finances in order before I give? Let me offer a few thoughts. Number one, you got into the financial mess you're in without God. So don't try to get out of it without him. Honor him first with your giving. That's what Jane and I have been doing throughout our married lives together. And God has been so incredibly faithful to us. He has honored us as we have honored him. Here's the mystery. When you take what God has given to you and you make him the first thing you pay, somehow God moves and you're able to live on the rest. It's a mystery that Christians all over the world in places of affluence and poverty at all times in history have found God to be faithful. Secondly, as I look over decades of sacrificial giving, I have never regretted a dollar that I've given. I have regretted money I've spent, but never have I regretted money that I've given. A third thought. Think about the life you want to live. Think of the story I told last week of those guys who made this hole in this other guy's roof so they could lower the mat with their broken friend on it and get their friend to Jesus. I mean, what a cool story. Think about what kind of life you want to live. Don't you want to be those friends we talked about last week carrying the mat for someone else? It's for your kid's hockey coach, and you can see how a relationship with Jesus would so impact his or her life. Or for your daughter who's building a relationship with her small group leader in Kid City or, or, or one with one of our youth leaders at youth group. And maybe, most importantly, is the fact that Jesus simply asks us to give. And there is just something mysterious about giving. Jesus puts it this way, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. When we're generous, it just moves the heart of our God, and he is generous to us. Other people are generous to us, and what that looks like can vary greatly, but the truth is generous people experience a blessed life. Maybe not materially, but don't count that out. Friends, biblical finances are totally counterintuitive. If you want to build margin of any sort into your life, you start by making giving to God your first priority. Seek first the kingdom of God. Hey, the reality is money has such a grip on us. It's a critical spiritual issue. And God wants to lead you to an experience of financial freedom. But like what Israel had to do, they had to first step into the raging Red Sea before God opened up the path to escape from the Egyptian armies. God calls us to step out in faith with our finances 
where we submit our finances to his lordship and make a faith commitment. And imagine you are now living with margin. And imagine how different your life story would be if you were living on mission. You, and not just Fort City, would be moving from just surviving to thriving. And imagine what a force we could be together for the kingdom of God, seeing lives all throughout this city touched and changed by the holy love of Jesus. This is what Thrive is all about. Are you in? Let's pray, and I invite you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, we do call you Lord, and as we call you Lord, our heart's desire is to make you Lord in every area of our lives. Help each of us to figure out where our treasure really is and to make any adjustments that you might call us to. Bless each of us and our churches. Together we move from surviving to thriving. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And if any of you would like prayer for anything that's on your heart, may I remind you, as I do every week, that our prayer team will be up front at the end of the service. If you're watching online, just message us with your prayer requests. Our God loves it when we connect with him through prayer. He loves to show himself powerful in our lives. Would you please stand for our closing words? I want to close with these words of Jesus that we started with this morning. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Hopefully with that very extended offering talk, you have a good grasp on the immediate financial goals of Thrive. But what I'm really excited about is that 12 months from now, you and your family and our mission together will move from surviving to thriving. That's what Thrive is. It's not just a giving campaign for Fort City, although it is that. It's a campaign that will hugely impact your life for the better as we give, grow, and go. Um, and uh, you'll hear those themes throughout this next year. So with that talk as a background, I, I want to bring you some thoughts on finances from Jesus. Because if we take Jesus at all seriously, if we truly want to follow Jesus, he has some strong words for us about our relationship with money. We'll be looking at what Jesus said in the very well-known Sermon on the Mount. We'll be looking at what the Apostle Matthew recorded starting in chapter 6. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermins do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So right off the bat, Jesus' word is clear. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And this call to store up your treasures, your finances, this is not just for eternity. When you understand that the kingdom of heaven is actually breaking in on earth right now, on earth as it is in heaven, heaven is not just future. It's, it's something that we get to as a church bring bits to earth right now. We impact God's kingdom right now, and we impact God's kingdom forever. But talking about heaven and eternity, Jesus and the writers of the Bible would remind us that even as Christian believers, what we do now will shape what our eternity will look like. The Apostle Paul taught, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one of us may receive what is due us, for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. This is for Christian believers. We come to Jesus just as we are on the basis of faith. But then we live for Jesus. And how we live now will impact for the better how we and others live forever. We're called to store up treasures for ourselves in heavens. And this is just not money and 
what money does, but it includes money and in what it does. So what you do with your money, your treasure really matters. It matters to God, and it has eternal consequences. One of the preachers I really enjoy listening to is Rick Warren, and he often asks the question, will anybody be in heaven because of you? It's a great question. And really, Jesus is asking the same question here. Are you using your time, your abilities, your conversations, your finances to help others experience Jesus now and forever? Are you laying up treasure in heaven? Hey, every time you see a baptism here, you've helped make that happen. Friends, there's a time coming for every believer in Jesus when you will see so clearly what was at stake on earth, and we're going to wish that we'd done a better job of living on mission and loved more on mission. People's lives right now in their eternities are at stake. Are you gripped by that reality as a priority in your life? What we do here and what you give impacts lives now and forever. Then Jesus goes on to say, where moths and vermin do not destroy, where Thieves do not break in and steal. This is a hard truth for us to get our hearts around. Friends, it all rots. It all decays. That 75-inch TV has a very limited lifespan. So, so too that iPhone or Android phone of yours. The clothes you wore three, you three years ago, like they lose their luster. The home you bought a decade ago, needs a refurbished kitchen, roof repairs it, it just never ends. Hey, I've been to a lot of funerals in my day and conducted many, and I've, I've never been to a funeral that focused on possessions. Nobody ever says, oh, I was so impressed with his stuff. No, they talk about relationships. They don't talk about what the person has, but what the person gave. And Jesus, understanding this reality, drops this bomb and makes a great reversal where he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You all know this. You've all experienced this. <clears throat> Some of you, like me, bought a quad, or maybe you went, did a little more, bought a side-by-side, -side, and whether you paid 5000 or 25000 on that off-road off vehicle, if it just sits there in your driveway or in your garage, all locked up, you feel guilty. I got to use it. I have to justify it. If I spent all this money on it, I got to use it. And then Jesus just pushes a little harder here. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So the question you've got to ask yourself is, who are you really serving, God or money? Now, asking that question stirs up a lot of emotion. People get defensive. The church, it just wants my money. It's all about money. And people walk out of church when guys like me preach like this. What's going on? The old King James Version of the Bible puts it this way. You cannot serve both God and mammon. What's mammon? Well, it can be translated money, but it, it, it actually means something a little different than money. Mammon refers to the spirit of money, where money becomes our God. We become enslaved to serving money instead of God. When we talk about money in the church, we're, we're touching a really sensitive spot in our lives. And the evil one turns up and stirs things up. 
and he works to incite anger and confusion as we clench our fists and desperately try to hang on to what we believe is ours but isn't. Yeah, we forget that everything we have was all God's in the first place, and we're only being invited to give back to him a portion of what is his in the first place. And so money becomes this spiritual battleground. We find ourselves in the middle of all-out spiritual war. This is why the Apostle Paul says to us, finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Money, mammon, is a spiritual battleground where every Christian believer finds themselves in. We're all in this battle. It rages strong. And that's why Paul says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. And then in this Sermon on the Mount that we're looking at a few verses later in Matthew's Gospel where he's just been teaching about laying up treasure in heaven, um, Jesus concludes this section of his preaching on money um, and he talked about a couple of other things with these words. This is, this is what it comes all down to. This is God's call to us. Let's seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and then all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for... Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. And did you catch what Jesus is saying? Do not worry. But the evil one wants you to worry. The evil one does not want you to have your financial life submitted to the lordship of Jesus. Friends, there are just too many words throughout the Bible, Old and New Testaments, that call us to submit our finances to the Lordship of Jesus and to become generous givers to causes that are close to God's heart, like the church. And as he calls us to be generous givers, he just calls us to trust in him, to let him be our provider, to bless us in some way or form. I mean, if your church raised... Um, it's not like you haven't heard this before. It's all through the Bible. Now, as I've been talking about giving, there are practical things you can do, like budgeting and ways of navigating through debt that Joe will teach at the Financial Freedom Experience on April 29th. That will really helpful. You need to sign up for it. But there is also the supernatural side of God calling us to give first and then to simply trust him and not to worry. So for those of you who are thinking, what well, shouldn't I get my finances in order before I give? Let me offer a few thoughts. Number one, you got into the financial mess you're in without God. So don't try to get out of it without him. Honor him first with your giving. That's what Jane and I have been doing throughout our married lives together. And God has been so incredibly faithful to us. He has honored us as we have honored him. Here's the mystery. When you take what God has given to you and you make him the first thing you pay, somehow God moves and you're able to live on the rest. It's a mystery that Christians all over the world in places of affluence and poverty at all times in history have found God to be faithful. Secondly, as I look over decades of sacrificial giving, I have never regretted a dollar that I've given. I have regretted money I've spent, but never have I regretted money that I've given. A third thought. Think about the life you want to live. Think of the story I told last week of those guys who made this hole in this other guy's roof so they could lower the mat with their broken friend on it and get their friend to Jesus. I mean, what a cool story. Think about what kind of life you want to live. Don't you want to be those friends we talked about last week carrying the mat for someone else? It's for your kid's hockey coach and 
You can see how a relationship with Jesus would so impact his or her life. Or for your daughter who's building a relationship with her small group leader in Kid City or, or, or one with one of our youth leaders at youth group. And maybe, most importantly, is the fact that Jesus simply asks us to give. And there is just something mysterious about giving. Jesus puts it this way, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. When we're generous, it just moves the heart of our God. And he is generous to us. Other people are generous to us. And what that looks like can vary greatly. But the truth is, generous people experience a blessed life. Maybe not materially, but don't count that out. Friends, biblical finances are totally counterintuitive. If you want to build margin of any sort into your life, you start by making giving to God your first priority. Seek first the kingdom of God. Hey, the reality is money has such a grip on us. It's a critical spiritual issue. And God wants to lead you to an experience of financial freedom. But like what Israel had to do. They had to first step into the raging Red Sea before God opened up the path to escape from the Egyptian armies. God calls us to step out in faith with our finances where we submit our finances to his lordship and make a faith commitment. And imagine you are now living with margin. And imagine how different your life story would be if you were living on mission. You, and not just Fort City, would be moving from just surviving to thriving. And imagine what a force we could be together for the kingdom of God, seeing lives all throughout this city touched and changed by the holy love of Jesus. This is what Thrive is all about. Are you in? Let's pray, and I invite you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, we do call you Lord, and as we call you Lord, our heart's desire is to make you Lord in every area of our lives. Help each of us to figure out where our treasure really is and to make any adjustments that you might call us to. Bless each of us and our churches. Together we move from surviving to thriving. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.